welcome back to the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. This is Brett from Comeuppance Reviews. <laughs> I like that. Hey, it's the Thai guy. We're back with another exciting episode. Well, I try to say it a little different every time. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's so, the Thai guy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're always trying to be excitable and drum I'm up excited. interest. And well, I, I listened to the one we just did about Savage Steel. And I was like, oh, it's time. But you know, I was excited. You know, I think people want excitement when they pop up. You know, when they press play. You know. I think or so pop, too. Pop and play, I was about to say. Pop play, yeah, pop play. That's a shoot up the plugos. Yeah, yeah. Um, pop that Because yeah, there there are certain podcasts out there that start on kind of a dull note. You know. Oh people, really? Well, <laughs> no, there are. I don't want to name any names, so we just won't be like that. You know, no. you, you just have to drum up that interest, as I said. Yeah, I think it's fun. Well, and speaking of the last Savage Steel podcast, yes. you have a. What do you call it? A continuation. Do we have a name sure. for these where you continue? I guess, I guess it's just a continuation of the last podcast or an update, really. Okay. So I guess we were double checking on Goat Boy, uh, you know, SNL from the 90s. And Goat Boy was played by Jim Brewer, not Chris Kattan. Okay. I, I double checked. So it's like. Yeah, and what you thought, but you just wanted to make sure. Because Chris Kattan played Mango and some other goofy characters who I don't remember. And then. Uh, Brewer did Goat Boy, which I don't think I ever really saw any uh, skits. Yeah, I can see why that would confuse because around that time they were doing these sort of non-human type characters, yeah. I guess. So yeah. I can I can see how you could get that confused easily. I mean, I wasn't watching it at that time, so I don't. Know. I really wasn't either. I mean, I think I used to watch it maybe in the late '90s, 2000s, because you know when you're a kid, you're you're up late, you know. Right. But I remember it's like Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry, you know. It's like, yes. It's like I remember that. And Tell you I saw Sherry. O- <laughs> I saw Sherry O'Terry in person. No. But when I went to go see Kids in the Hall, because mm-hmm. I went to go see the Kids in the Hall to a live performance, mm-hmm. which was in New York City, and Sherry O'Terry was there. She was just kind of oh. there, and so I saw her, and she's very short. Yeah, she looks like short in, in movies and TV. You know? Yeah, so you see her in person, she's really, she's really short. That's really all I think. I didn't talk to her because <laughs> there was a lot of people. I mean, not that I would have talked to her anyway. I have nothing to say to Sherry O'Terry, except I would actually like to ask her why her name rhymes. I think it's just, you know, luck of the draw on the parents. You know, maybe it was like. <laughs> so Mr. and Mrs. O'Terry said, you know what? Our last name's O'Terry. Let's name our daughter Sherry. <laughs> Do you think that's what they said, maybe out loud? I don't know. Probably. That happens sometimes. You know, like uh, Kip Kinkle. I know it's kind of a more of a darker person, but, you know, he has kind of a similar name to his first and last name. So it's like, hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't rhyme. I mean. Well, what's Sirhan Sirhan? You know, it's like <laughs> other well, dark Well, that's the same name. I mean. <laughs> I don't like that either. Get get a real regular first name and then a regular last name if you can. Well, I know you have a big problem with Humbert Humbert from Lolita. I, I, okay, so you could be Humbert Jones. You okay. cannot be Humbert Humbert. Like, okay, so you're telling Nabokov what to do. Yeah. That's, yes, okay. and that's what I usually do all the time anyway. So right, like, and that makes sense. <laughs> I tell his extended sense. family to tell him, do not change his name from you Humbert Jones. You tell the Jones. estate to change the name to <laughs> Humbert Jones. I think they've rejected you numerous times. Yeah, rejection letters. <laughs> now, did very... you see the... Lolita movie with Dominique Swain. I did, yeah, and Jeremy Irons. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. It's uh, definitely Frank Langella at his wackiest. Because wasn't there like a cut and an uncut version of that? I think 
in America we have the unrated version. So I think I'd have to do some research on the IMDb or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Well, I never saw the Kubrick version. Oh, well, how was that one? I, well, it's a classic, great movie that everyone should see. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. No, I didn't uh, see that one. I saw Killer's Kiss and um, the other old Kubrick movie again. Killing. Oh, the Killing, and I think I definitely saw Barry Lyndon, but I also fell asleep. <laughs> well, I can understand that. I think everyone has to fall asleep once to Barry Lyndon, and then you enjoy it. You know, it's like. Well, because you were saying, I think recently, how surprised you were about how much you liked Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, that was good. You know, even when, you know, walking in the desert and stuff, it actually went by pretty quickly, him walking in the desert. Because I think it also had intermission. You know, that was helpful. So, yeah, back in the old days, they had intermission. Well, it, was, long it, was, it was well written, well directed. I got hooked in pretty quick. It's like, okay, Lawrence, you're going to go to Arabia. And it was done, <laughs> it was done fairly quick. Hey, who's in the desert right fast? Because I think you were expecting something more boring, but to your surprise, it wasn't. You know? No, I was completely hooked in, and I was like, "This is pretty good." I, most people think Lost Arabia is good. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't think it's gonna I was like, "Oh, Lost Arabia sucks." <laughs> I don't think most people say that. But I think by today's standards, it's considered kind of long. That's fine. I mean, it's still good. It's still good today. All right, so that was Goat Boy. And uh, <laughs> not to be confused with Chicken Boy, who we also talked about. Yeah, Brian Huckaba, you know, uh, I've met some of those, you know, drop by the site all those years ago and say hi. So, like, so we had Goat Boy, we had Chicken Boy, we had Mango, we had all sorts of <laughs> nonsensical characters of, of like related animals. I think Mo- Mango is a monkey. I don't know. I didn't look into that either. It's like, no, I thought it was a mango. Like a no, no. mango. <laughs> they thought like a know. fruit. Well, oh. That's just a name. Like, just a name, yeah. So, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I think that's his name. It was like Mango the Monkey Man or something. I don't know. I'll have to look into that to the next episode. <laughs> Find out what Mango actually is. That's okay. your assignment for next time. All right. I, you could do it live or I could do it next Yeah, don't do it live. We'll just do that as a continuation. Yeah, we'll do it as a continuation. Okay, so now we'll go to our exciting segments. So, uh, could have been a TV show or it's going to be a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... We have another. We have one this time. We only have one. (laughs) Yeah, we won't go too deeply into all these other ones. People get the idea of what this is. It's all these, you know, TV shows based on movies that have come about in the past couple of years. So here we have one, and it's the Shawshank Redemption. That is correct. So are you surprised there hasn't been a show about that yet? Yes, I am. It would be on AMC because every show is going to be on AMC now. (laughs) (laughs) Because they always play on AMC anyway, so might as well just make a you know TV show. I was thinking. Yeah, the Go show ahead. could be called Andy because oh, yeah, that's yeah. the name of the main character. So the show will be called Andy. Yeah. And maybe it's about his earlier life before he got. Well, that's what all these shows are. Well, yeah, they always about his earlier life. How about his later life? Oh, God, Dufresne. It's like. That too, too, that's too. Um, it's like a silent S. I don't think the people are ready for that. I think it should just be called Andy. <laughs> so maybe they can get Tim Robbins back. You know, that would be a good idea. I think well, people it, would, then it would have to be. It would have to be about his later life then, if they yeah. get Tim Robbins back. I think that's not a bad idea. I don't. He didn't die in the movie, you know. Just that old guy. Spoiler. spoiler. Well, and I didn't <laughs> die. <It's> like, <laughs> All right. Well, it's a reverse spoiler because now you know what didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> well, they can have a show about the warden. He was. He stood out. The evil warden. I mean, charging I'm sure. Why not? 
Well, there's good. not many warden shows. <laughs> there, any? show, there should be. You know, they go end of the line. Yeah. Well, what was the movie we watched that had Warden Borden? Speaking of rhyming names. <laughs> Which I could, was that Death Flash or it might have been Hard Case and Fist. Warden Borden? Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I mean we are the subject. That is kind of weird how that happened, that we had two rhyming names we didn't plan on talking yeah, about. No, I'm talking about Warden Borden. Uh, or Sherry O'Terry, whatever. Yeah, we never planned on talking about either. What's so. funny about Sherry O'Terry, I'll, she'll come back later towards the end oh, of the episode. She will? Yeah. So, okay, I, that's I look forward to that. Yeah. yeah, well, we all love Bob Gunton, right? Is that his name? Gunton or Gunton? Gunton, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Warden Norton. <laughs> Warden Norton. <laughs> Who's that? That's the character in Shawshank Redemption, Evil Warden. Oh, Warden is it Warden Norton? Oh, yeah. so there's Warden Norton and Warden Borden? Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning so much today. I mean, I, I know everyone talked about what a great movie The Shawshank Redemption is, and I'm not disputing it, but I just no. saw it when it first came out on video and not since. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a movie that's been like a huge front and center movie in my life. I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I haven't seen yeah. it since 1990. What? Five? Four or five? Yeah. Same I, I, here. I, I saw it. Yeah, same here. I saw it like in the late 90s. Oh, it's such a great movie. I watched it. I liked it. Never watched it again. Yeah, same here. So I mean, people I get that people like it, and that's fine. And I and I read the original story by Stephen King a long time ago, also, but never, you know. It, but it didn't, I think, but people know it immediately. That's why it could be a great TV show, like Charlie Redemption, the TV show. <laughs> right, it has a lot of name recognition. It's kind yeah. of beloved. You know, people yeah. love it. Um, so that would get some eyeballs on the screen, and that's what oh. they'll that's what they care about. You know, yeah. Damn ratings. Get, if and, can, yeah, if we can get Robbins back, which I think you can. I think you got something here, like a legitimate idea for a show. So, How about Morgan Freeman? No, nah, because he's probably old back then. You know, he this would be the new Andy. You yeah, know, shouldn't it be narrated by Morgan Freeman? <laughs> it kind of has to be, right? <laughs> well, get busy living or get busy dying. I can't wait really to do Morgan Freeman, but just uh, <laughs> that everyone quotes that all the time, right? I guess. I mean, what they could do maybe is uh, get a, a sound alike. Oh, well, the guy who does, uh, remember the silly skeleton guy on Craig Ferguson? He used to do all the impressions. Oh, yes. Yeah, he can probably do, he used to do a Morgan Freeman impression. So it was pretty good. Well, they can get him. Perfect. <laughs> As the skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> Where is that skeleton? It's probably in Craig Ferguson's closet. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere at the CBS, like, prop department. Yeah, <laughs> they should bring it back. Why not? Well, so, if I mean, they brought that back, we'd have to bring back Craig Ferguson. We gotta bring out Craigie Ferg, which was a funny but, show. I mean, you could see that he was kind of losing interest towards, you know, the, <laughs> I used to watch the show, so I could see he was, he was getting kind of tired. It's like, why am I still on? Why am I still doing this? <laughs> that is kind he of funny. Because he, he was open about it. Yeah, that's yeah. It's funny. So he doesn't care. It's like, <laughs> we'll go to our next thing, which we haven't done in a little bit, which is a bid for seriousness. Right. Is there a song attached to this? Or um, sure. It's going to be a bid for seriousness. Yeah, 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 here we go. Perfect. <laughs> I won't okay. even add on to that. <laughs> okay. So We might be able to do better. That's right off the top yeah. of my head. We'll have to see. <laughs> they all sound like the other ones. <laughs> yeah, it's all that same tune. Why is it that tune? That's... I don't know, but there's something easy to sing about that tune. <laughs> uh, so our person today is Anthony Danza, a.k.a. Tony Danza. Right. So this now he's Anthony Danza. Yeah, so he's getting serious. Remember he was doing Teach Tony Danza? 
Yes. It's like, where he became a teacher. He became a teacher, a reality show. He, I think there must be clips online. Where he goes to like what, New York public school or it's a Chicago. It's like, this is really hard. <laughs> he learns that it's hard to be a teacher. I believe, because I've never seen the show, but I remember the clip and possibly yeah. the commercial where he's crying. He's crying, yeah. yeah like it, like it's, it breaks him down so much that he, he starts crying. And then <laughs> he's Tony Danza. But he, but he parlays that into a more serious acting career because he's crying and something. So now he changes it to Anthony Danza. Right, right. That's perfect. That's a lead-in yeah. to his bid for seriousness. It's perfect. And maybe he can bring back Teach Tony Danza as another reality show. They didn't or want as a fictional show. Oh, right. It's a fictional show or fictional uh, movie, maybe. They, they never then, bring reality shows back. You ever notice that? So it's like, for the most part, except for like Temptation Island. But they never bring back Teach Tony Danza. They never bring back Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire. They, they, <laughs> they're so uh, out of ideas. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, but see, the problem is these people are one of a kind. Like, can you find another Rick Rockwell I don't <laughs> or think Darva so. Conger. No. Darva Conger. Where's Darva? You know, where's Darva these days? <laughs> where's what's she doing? I have no. Well, I guess I could look into that. Maybe there's something on like Wikipedia. Like now she's a successful real estate. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's probably something to do with real estate. But then yeah, when people see her, do they say, "Hey, you're that woman from Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire?" Or has it gone down the memory hole and now no one really knows that? It's probably a mixture of the both because that came out a while ago, almost 20 years now. Well, that was know, the beginning of the advent of reality tv yeah. i don't think we were i think we just had no ideas back then or was there a writer strike in the 2000s or maybe or you know where's joe millionaire see around that i don't know i think maybe he's now a millionaire <laughs> back then he wasn't that was the whole twist yeah it's like <laughs> oh they're just talking about reality shows but well t- well now they got these new ones like love is blind on netflix where you like you talk to someone behind a wall and then you fall in love with someone behind the wall Sounds like the dating game. Get Chuck Woolery back. You know, it's like, oh. not, he, that no. way has love connection. <laughs> yeah, no, the dating game, you know, you, you talk to someone behind the wall. What's so different about this? Well, see, it's behind a fancy looking wall. Oh, mirror. right, of course. Right. It's very slick looking mirror wall. So it's like, right back <laughs> it's then hosted it by just, yeah. Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh. And they don't do anything either. It's like, here comes the contestants. Well, okay, what can they, they do? <laughs> Barely needs one host, much not much less. Do. And then like now you're at the you're at the beach, everyone. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> everyone this starts clapping. Sound, this doesn't sound like something I would watch. No, it's I've seen I've seen it because you just can't help but laugh at these goofballs. Would you you feel bad almost? But then you're like, ah, you signed up for this. So it's like <laughs> Is that the one where the, they're falling in love in the dark? Well, that's basically the same thing. thing. It's like no, they, 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 blind or? What was, that was it like love in the dark or something? <laughs> Probably. But no, this one like they're they're talking to someone. And it's but they're behind like a mirror or like a kind of a wall kind of thing. They talk through the wall or the mirror, and then they they talk to them. They try to like get their personality, and then they fall in love. And then they see each other. It's like oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> um, but there, there was a guy in season two named Shake. Uh-huh. He's like he's longer. He has a longer like Indian S name, but they just call him Shake, and he was kind of a jerk. And people just, he's like, you always have to have, like, a villain. Oh, so yeah, there like, has to be a villain, yeah. And then I guess Shake was the villain of season two. <laughs> yeah, so he was, like, the Puck. Of- yeah, Puck. <laughs> now, let's bring back Puck, you know. Or maybe, Being know, Puck. How about be- being Puck? I think we're still, um, still supposed to talk about Anthony Danza. I mean, well, like, okay, so- here's my main question. Okay, okay so he's parlayed his 
crying career into yeah. a uh, acting career, well, a more serious acting career. Yeah. You know how he's never played any character who wasn't named Tony. Now mm-hmm. he plays Tony in everything. Taxi, yeah. who's the boss. He's always yeah. Tony. Yeah. Would he have to now change that to he can only play characters named Anthony? That's correct. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy <laughs> yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, so maybe he could be like a mob boss or. Um, uh, well, well like, I don't want to get Anthony, into what, Anthony Soprano is not his name, like Anthony Tony Soprano. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, except he he'd be like the Marlon Brando. He'd be like the head of the mafia. I would watch that. I think that would be kind of fun if you just you know give him some snappy dialogue. You know, it's like right, but he know, has to deliver it in a serious way. He can't yeah, have exactly. that wacky way. He, you know, no, does. no. So you have to really seriously, and then, but he has he has to have that kind of it factor for him to, for us to keep watching. Well. Yeah. Either you have that or you don't. Either yeah. you're born with it or not. I it, mean, it wouldn't just stop. So it'd say like Anthony Danza. We had like a kind of a boring title, like Mob Boss. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. We have a generic title, yeah. Yeah, or like the Mob. Right, but that would be on like ABC. At it'd be on ABC. Oh, yeah, ABC's perfect. It'd be on like at nine o'clock on Tuesdays. It's like Anthony Danza now at the Mob. And people are I mean, probably watching. He'd have white hair. Or yeah, he'd have white, white hair. hair. Be gray, grayish and white hair. Because that's you know that's a bid for serious, right? You know, yeah. right there. He, yeah, if yeah. you have if you have white hair. Yeah, exactly. And he's 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 trying his best. I think it might be like an okay show. You could almost remember it. it's a fake show, but you could probably remember it being a decent show. You know, it's a fake show. So oh yeah, I remember like, Mob Boss. Yeah. yeah, remember Mob Boss? Like you know that was a pretty good show. Anthony yeah, Danza was good in that. You know, because you know, like, sometimes ABC or NBC or one of the networks, they try to do a better type of show. You know, they, they do yeah, try sometimes. Yeah, usually get about one or two. You know, there was a show, I can't remember the title right now, but it had Kira Sedgwick. It came out a couple of years ago. It was like three days in the in the sun or something like that. And it was like, and it was like a serious drama, crime mystery. Um, do you remember this show? No, no, I don't. I, mean, I can look it up really quickly. It's just uh, – this was after the closer. This is after the, the closer. closer. Yeah, there was a closer, which I thought was just okay. Uh, the answer to that is 10 Days in the Valley. That was it. Oh. So, I want to call it Three Days in the Valley. Or three well, days yeah, is that that movie? Then? It's Two Days in the Valley. Oh. So, now, this is 10 Days in the Valley, so you get, okay. you get eight more. You get eight so more like, days. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a mystery show that you kind of get semi-hooked in on. So. All right, well, is there more to say about Anthony Danza? No, I have only watched Mob Boss on ABC. Okay. And then um, <laughs> All right. So here is another one of your wacky ideas for the episode. Yes. Here's the episode itself. So there we once go. again, why don't you just quickly explain what this is and how you came up with it and what's going on? Okay. So in this episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're focusing on all the titles that have numbers or like, so like 13 Dead Men and like other movies we're going to be talking about. And also, it's kind of related to school. So. <laughs> Because, you know, school's back in session for most, you know, kiddos, I guess. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, that reminds me of a movie that isn't on the list, but maybe oh, I should add it. Well, sure. Detention? Oh, that works perfectly. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> Detention. Yeah, if you can write that quickly and we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. We could do after other titles. A classic right. 1999 too, The Substitute. Well, see, that's, the, yeah, see, we can, talk, we can talk about those, so... Uh, live thinking because <laughs> the, the whole thing behind the reason why those aren't on the list really is yeah. because we were just talking about the number of titles not yeah. sequels but it's movies with numbers in well, the titles numbers there was de- detention also... didn't 
yeah, you know, come up, really... you know, it's school related, but I mean, like, it's more about numbers. So it's like, Even though class of 1999 maybe should have. Yeah, that should, that should, you know, we'll add it on today. So we can add it, right? We can do it quickly. All right, but, but we'll, we'll start, start with the first one that you just mentioned. Yeah, which is 13 Dead Men with Lorenzo Lamas and uh, Mystical, the rapper. Right, right Mystical, right. Yeah. So they're in jail and... Uh, do you remember any of this before I read the plot? I do remember it. I remember it, but you can okay. read, go ahead and read the plot. Anyway. Well, the, the actor named a- Ashley Tucker, which is a, a man, named Malachi, and he's in prison. But it's not any other prison. It's a corrupt prison. <laughs> and, and that, that's not to be confused with the rapper, Corrupt. Who oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a corrupt prison. <laughs> and it's run by Warden Kowalski. Okay, so his name doesn't rhyme, so that's... No, something. it's not like <laughs> Warden Borden. You know? Or Warden Borden, yeah. So Kowalski stages illegal punch fighting and uh, Malachi has to fight in them. And then the on the on the outside of the prison, Lorenzo Lamas is like working on a heist to kind of get him out. So and then there's also a character named Cornbread. Of course. So we thought this was kind of crud. <laughs> well, it is. it's very low budget. Um, mystic, is it mystical? Mystical. Yeah. Sh- yeah okay. Shake it fast. Yeah, okay, right. There, that's, that's the him. censored version, you know, uh, for a family podcast. <laughs> From what I remember, his dialogue is unintelligible. Yeah, and there were no subtitles on the DVD, so right. So you can't tell a word he's saying or closed captioning. So no, and then mystical does punch people in it, which is funny. <laughs> yes, I remember thinking that was funny. Yeah. So. <laughs> and Lorenzo Lamas, you know, his blonde hair, he's like. He's the best part of the movie, Lorenzo Lamas. This is a pretty weak Lamas. So, I mean, would you say he's slumming it in this? Or yes, I would say so because he made this and he made Circuit Two, the final punch. You know, with editor Bill. You know, yes. like... <laughs> well, we just we just posted uh, Circuit Three, the street yeah, monk. The street monk. Wait, wait, so Circuit Two is the final punch. Why is yeah. there another sequel? <laughs> well, that, that's a great question. But I guess if it's called the final punch, I guess there's just one more punch for uh, Dirk Longstreet to do. So it's like he can make a sequel. Well, it's like the final Friday, you know, or whatever. It's not the <laughs> last one. It's... Did you think it was the final Friday at the time? It's just like, you I know what? Probably this is the, did. Like, this is the final one. Wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> hey. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, I, I, th- I think it pretty much went like that. You know, as a young yeah. kid, you think this is the final one. And you believe that. But then when the next one comes along, you're not surprised. You go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, it's like these farewell tours with, like, Kiss or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, I saw Kiss on, like, their 37th farewell tour. <laughs> and this is the last farewell okay, tour. This is it. This is the last tour. one. It's like, yeah, it's always the last one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like these movies you watch. This is the last heist. This is the last thing we're going to be doing. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Didn't we do an episode about that? Well, we did... The last movies, you know, like Last of the Warriors and uh, what was that, Brian Denny? Something like all the last movies, you know, Last Man Standing. Mm. Yeah, I thought we did. But uh, yeah, so this is a very low budget movie that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. the thing you were telling me, you know, because we were talking about Hard Case and Fist, which has Warden Borden. We mentioned it in this review. And also Bino. I was talking about Bino being in Hard Case and Fist. Well, I, I wouldn't. I would never forget Bino. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, unfortunately, we're not talking about Hard Case and Fist. We're talking, no, we're talking about Fist and Demon, which I guess we wouldn't really recommend it. And there's also this, mm. there's fake Linkin Park esque music. Right. You know, the band called Crucial Element. Do you... <laughs> uh, well, if we ever do a Tony Zarin 
Dash podcast. We'll go deeply into hard case and fist. But for okay. today, we're just talking about 13 Dead Men. It's, yeah. you know, director and, video. It's kind of junky. It's not, yeah. you know, there's nothing really behind it no it's a movie you watch when you're really really bored it's really really raining and that's all you got it's just like (laughs) i can't imagine that being a scenario well it's raining and the only really i have access it's really raining and it's the only movie i have access to forget all the streaming services and everything the only movie i have access to is 13 dead men trying to imagine that being possible (laughs) well okay let's say the okay. day before you went to Salvation Army and you were looking okay. around mm-hmm. and you saw a copy of 13 Dead Men and you bought it for like 50 cents and then yes. you brought it home. And mm-hmm. then the next day, like you're having problems with your Internet and you can't stream anything. Yep. So and then it starts raining, really yeah. raining. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Well, that's all I got. You know, it's I guess 13, 13 Dead Men is it. I need some sort of entertainment. Which doesn't really no. provide much, but I mean, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it, it's it reached only the bare minimum, I would say, it reached that bare minimum <laughs> part. Like when usually when mystical is punching people or attempting was, to talk. Yeah, that was funny. And I think our DVD had was it edited uh, swear words? Was it? Oh yeah, it wasn't blurred shirts. That no, was, no, blurred shirts is a movie called Vegas Vampires of Fred Williamson. That, that is a recommended movie. One day, well, one day we'll have to talk about that. Vegas yeah. Vampires. But, yeah, uh, but I don't have so, a copy. But you're right. It did have something like that, right? Or was it Blurred Faces? No, it's definitely, no that was I that. Think, I think there's different versions of 13 Dead Men where the, the language is edited out. It's kind of like L.A. Heat, if you remember that one with, um, since they Philip Michael Thomas, but I'm wrong. It's uh, Lawrence Hill and Jacobs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was edited language, but all the violence was intact. Right. So that's the yeah. thing. Why bother taking it? Was it so it could play on BET or something? I mean, well, just, you know what? That's a good point. Maybe because they used to play these kind of movies on BET. You know, you know, in Dead Man, I used to play back in the day a lot. Um, ja Rule movie and the Big right. Pretty actually, it's not a bad movie. People want to check it out. Also with Frank Langella, <laughs> a oh. little of fame. <laughs> and uh, oh, back in the day fame. Back in yeah, Frank Langella, back in the day fame. Um, <laughs> what's the Tia Carrera and Pam Greer? Well, that's a good cast. And who else? Oh, Juan Carlo Esposito. So it's pretty good. So I used to be obsessed with it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I used to watch all these first look DVDs, and it's like back in the day. Whoa, it's gonna look. It's gonna be great. And it's like. <laughs> Didn't you say he's back in the day? Jabril's really young. So why is he talking about stuff that's back in the day? Well, yes. Why is he talking about Ving Rhames, who's like fifty in the movie, or maybe in real life, or, or when it was there, when it was made? And Jabril's like eighteen. How can he be back in the day? I guess maybe when Jabo, and that's the character by Jabril, is a kid. I don't know. Why do I know that in the top of my head? I don't. <laughs> well. And then after that, he was busy investing heavily in the fire festival. So yeah, uh, great job he did there. I, I, you know, I wanted to go to the fire festival. I guess it didn't work out, um, from what I hear. So it's like, <laughs> well, there's only two documentaries about it. I watched both back to back. So there's a lot of fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also have seen both, but not back to back. Like, well, I think I had nothing else. You know, it was not a rainy day. It was just, you know, I decided to want to watch both fired <laughs> documentaries. And fired I was seeing. I was fired up, and I love the parts where the, they show the people going, we're going to the fire Festival, and they have, like, their, their phones out. Here we go. Yeah, the first part before, yeah. the like, the millennials are disappointed is pretty yeah. great. It's great. Like, oh, we're, we're flying to the fire Festival. <laughs> it's going to be fire, as they say. And it's like, and they're like, what is this? 
Well, and, and, and but yeah, even better than their anticipation is when they're crushed by yeah. what's happening. That's a lot of fun to watch too. Because, you know, these spoiled, arrogant, unlikable young people yeah. are come face to face with reality and not what they thought their reality was going to be. Like no. it's on, on their Instagrams and Whatever. reality shows. Exactly. This is like real reality and they don't like it and they don't deal with it very well. I thought that was good. <laughs> that was interesting. It's like, wait, what am I going to do? It's like <laughs> my, my phone's running out of juice and there's no plugs. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I laughed. So I did. I did laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did laugh at Fire Festival, and then he fell bad, and he laughed again. So it's like. Well, so it was. So it's like I laughed, I cried, I shared type of situation. Yeah. Go through a range of emotions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so I guess what is our next movie, bro? Three the hard way. Okay, so that's an interesting movie. So, and uh, here it is. So from 1974. Right. So this is what you'd call old school, original yeah, school black exploitation. Yeah, this is a drive-in or um, something like that. Yeah, you so, go see it at a drive-in and three the hard way because that's three of the best, you know, stars of that time. Altogether. Well, if you here's the plot if you haven't seen it: when diabolical, racist, fascist, evil white cracker Monroe Feather, with the help of other evil whiteies, scientist Doctor Fortero, they invent a red serum that is harmless to whites but lethal to black folk. And planned to dump into the water supplies of Washington, D.C., Detroit, and L.A. But it didn't count on one thing. The awesome power of Jimmy Late, Jim Brown, Jaeger Daniels, <laughs> Fred Williamson, and Mr. Keys, Jim Kelly. So these soul brothers are taking down the evil Nazis. So what's not to love? And That's what we kind of said. Like, how can you not? You, you have to enjoy that. I mean, it's like. And, just the yeah, and there's some other good character actors in it, and there's a good soundtrack, and it has everything you could possibly want in that type of movie. Because it's it's so out there, you know. You can only make it in the 1970s. Yeah. So, and then you know, obviously Fred Williamson <laughs> went on to be in a lot of movies that we always talk about. We just talked about Steele's Law. So in the last episode, we played Lieutenant John Steele, a cop of a bad attitude. <laughs> of course he did. But well, th- go ahead. Yeah. So while this might lead to the next movie, but we don't have to get to it so soon. No, let's talk but, about another minute, you know. So well, well, what else? What do you think? You know? well, I, well, I said that I remember liking the movie. I have no complaints. It's, I mean, when I, you know, when you talk, <laughs> when you talk about this kind of movie, um, this well, is what you a, think of. That that's a good point. You know, you get that one. You get um, let's see, Black Caesar, uh, most Fred Williamson movies, uh, yeah. Bucktown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Bucktown, Hell Up in Harlem, or yeah. um, one of my favorites, Trouble Man. That was a good one. Um, tr- trucker? Well, what's, I'm sorry, what's the name? What's truck that? Turner. Isaac? That's good. Thank you, Truck Turner. Yeah, Isaac Hayes. That's a good one, yeah. Didn't we review um, Trouble Man for the site? I think we did. Because <sighs> I'm in the teeth right now. I'm going to be doing live stuff. So, yeah, it's right here. So, from 1972, Trouble Man. <laughs> yeah, people should so, see Trouble Man if they haven't. Robert Hooks. Okay. So... But I guess we can go to the next movie. Fred, Three Days to a Kill. <laughs> so yeah, maybe was, he was inspired by Three the Hard Way and thought, hey, I can make a similar movie with three things happening. Like, it could have been any amount of days to a kill. Could have been that's two. true. Could so have been one day to a kill. One day to a kill. It could be out for a kill. That's the goal, <laughs> you know. It's like, <laughs> okay, Onion, it's going out for a kill. And it's like... <laughs> and then you hear a door close and it takes it off. And she says, okay. You know, <laughs> And he, he has come a back. brown jacket, you know, like, I don't know. Oh, like okay, he, he has a brown jacket. He'd, he'd wear while walking the dog and then 
Um, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really go. He just goes out for a kill. I mean, it's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he comes back like he later. He comes that back night. actually. Oh no! Of course he comes back. He just okay. goes out for a quick kill. That's right. Yeah, he's not like going out for a pack of smokes and not coming back. You know, he's going no. out for a kill. It's like and then coming back. Yeah, and then he came back. So it's like. <laughs> Do you need to do a kill? We have plot, talked right? about. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Is that and the whole plot about for a kill? <laughs> three days to a kill. When we talked about Fred, I believe we did talk about. We did talk about this one already. I mean, it's directed by Fred Williamson, so much schnitzel Fritz. I mean, did we talk? We didn't talk about this plot, you know. Well, go um, ahead. What's the plot? Ambassador Barnes, played by what's his name? <laughs> Tom Brown is kidnapped by a Colombian drug lord named Perez, played by Henry Silva. And his sidekick, Pepe, played by Sonny Landham. Oh, they have Captain Wright, played by Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors. He calls a man named Cal, played by Fred Williamson, because Cal is the best. And he has to go to Columbia and, and, you know, get this guy. So that's basically it. So And then also Bo Fenton's hanging around. Yeah, and I definitely remember talking about it. I think I even put a clip from the movie at the beginning of the episode. Oh, you did? That was the clip from the Fred I episode? Believe- I believe that was yes. So oh, that's I, great. I definitely remember <laughs> discussing this, but yeah, we it's can a good friend. It has Chuck Connors, um, the Rifleman, Chuck Connors. <laughs> yes. Well, I know you've heard that many times. I know. Well, because see, that's the thing you just watch when you're like you're bored, not bored, but you're like it's a Saturday morning. You got you wake up like you know what? We're on the TV. Hey, the Rifleman's on. <laughs> like, yes, the Rifleman. Yes, you gotta do it like that. Rifleman. <laughs> well, that was back when TV shows announced the name of the show. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. You know, it's Law and Order Special Victims Unit. <laughs> yeah, they don't say it. No, there's no announcement that says it. Like when I watch Man with a Camera, at the beginning of every episode, it says Man with a Camera. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's fun. So, and, and as they're doing it, the, the logo of the show is on, which you can clearly read. So you get to hear it and see it, I guess. Yeah, they don't say the titles of the shows anymore. You know, that's a good point. And they don't have theme songs anymore. I know. We're losing it, man. <laughs> TV's not what it used to be. I mean, it's more has maybe more of a higher quality here and there, but there's no fun song. There's no rifleman. There's no talking. to. It's like with the title. You got nothing. So, yeah, we gain something, but we lose something. It's I guess it's kind of a watch. I guess. Every, you know, the rookie with Nathan Fillion. It's like, <laughs> it's like, if the show was smart, they would do that yeah. these days. I mean, I, I've been, I'm caught up on the rookie. And what happens is that because he's now like a real police officer. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a rookie anymore. anymore. See, now they, they're recruiting new rookies. So, oh. But he's not the actual rookie anymore. Oh. So. I'm trying to think of a more serious show. Like, what's a really serious themed show? Breaking Bad with yeah. Ryan Cranston. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, that's <laughs> that's something they should have done. So, uh, <laughs> did you watch the other Cranston show? No, you didn't watch it, right? Your Honor? No, I never watched that. It's pretty good if you can, like, watch it for free. Yeah. But we go to our next movie. Which is TC2000. Oh, yeah. That has numbers. So, it does. Yeah, because, I mean, now well, this is more readily available than ever since. Oh, my goodness. That's true. It used to be on tape where I found at Salvation Army. Yep. That's how we saw it. And, well, this uh, is a classic Billy Blanks, which we obviously talked about in Drawing of Blanks, right? I believe so. But if you want to quickly mention the plot. 
Uh, oh, Billy Blanks, uh, set in 2020. So Even though it's called TC2000, which is kind of interesting. You'd think it would well, be year 2000. Well, see, TC2020 still sounds cool. It is, because they want their 2020 Texas Gladiators. Yes, and you have a copy of that? No, I don't have a copy. Oh, okay. I got one from the eBay. Yeah, this is fun. I mean, like, if people haven't seen this, you, now it's, you said it's more readily available. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of fun. I mean, Billy Blanks, he's fighting Fias Hughes, and Bola Young's hanging around, and of course it's Jalal Murhai. So, it's trying to be more futuristic. Yeah. You gotta like that. You know, they have a low budget, but they're trying. Yes. Or is there VR? Or No, kind of. You know, Jason Storm, played by Billy Blanks, is, you know, he's set in the future. So it's like... Yeah. It's an old review. We, I think this is... Wow, 2010 we posted this. So... Well, we're still talking about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. Well, we said that Matthias Hughes joins the fray. As we, yeah, we used to say that every time. He <laughs> showed up. Matthias Hughes joins the fray. Well, if, did we say that on, on Connoisseur's podcast? Matthias Hughes joins the fray because he did Hughes Are You, right? It's like... <laughs> we've figured... um, right. But in case people need to know the plot, go ahead. Uh, okay, so Jason started. Storm... Yeah. Uh, is a tough cop uh, in the future who's on the run and he has to go to the underground, which is just he's in a place where he fights bums and there's a lot of metal scaffolding. And then he meets Master Sumai, played by Bolo Young. He tells him there's a conspiracy run by Bigelow to bring down the surface world. It's kind of like Mortal Kombat with a kill zone device, which is a nuclear bomb. That's it also kind of sounds like a Ring of Fire, um, the one which where. One? What, Blood the one where. Steel? Is that the one where he goes underground and yeah, wears, and he's, yeah, okay, has no shirt for yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> it's pretty impressive for uh, old uh, Donald the Dragon. He was just telling me that uh, he just watched New York Ninja and he said it was really fun. So, Who? Did I say Hughes? I meant Hawes. <laughs> I missed my advice. Hughes watched New York Ninja and told me about it. <laughs> I didn't know your contacts were that good that you were always I, talking. To. Well, I follow him on Instagram, but he doesn't, you know, like my post or anything. I thought he would, because, you know, I do post a lot of Matthias Hughes movies. You think he would acknowledge that? I mean, if I, I used to, you know, Tracy Lords used to, you know, had done some acknowledgments, and uh, who's the last one I got? I think it was, oh, Casper Van Dien. He went back in my post on Instagram and liked Shark Attack, <laughs> and then gave two shark emojis as a comment. <laughs> that's amazing like so you go back that i posted that over a year ago like 2021 and he, he went back he must so. he must he must you know click on Casavane dean tag and maybe he sees that so but yeah. i guess we can go to the next movie oh do you own tc2000 on blu-ray no no, no. Are, no. are you interested in doing that yeah i'm interested but we'll have to mm-hmm. see yeah um well the next one is two wrongs Make a right. Okay, this is our, one of our newest reviews we posted from 1987. It's uh, Ivan Rogers. Right. So, so. yeah, it's, it's Ivan Rogers. So it's a good, if you like Ivan Rogers. Yeah, let's talk about Ivan Rogers for a minute. So well, like, the best Ivan Rogers movie is, um, what's the name of that first one we watched? Where One Way Out? Where, well, I think we might be talking about that later or. Well, no. we did we did we did one we did the one it's the loneliest number <laughs> a oh. while ago I think I think we talked about it then because right, uh, we have some other one movies coming up but uh. yeah we do 
But are we are are we gonna add that? Yeah, sure. So we can go to that in a minute. But yeah, two wrongs make it right is not the best Ivan Rogers. Uh, but the plot is he plays Fletcher Quinn. He's an Indiana-based club owner and one of the smoothest guys in town. But there's an evil gangster named Jack Ballantyne who sends his goon after him. And then uh, that's basically it. Just you know, just he's, he gets harassed a lot. I mean, it's, it's definitely low rent. <laughs> So, but not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's not bad, but I mean, you got to get ready for that kind of material, you know, because we loved One Way Out so much. So but, then we went ahead and watched every other Ivan Rogers movie we could possibly get a hold of. Yeah, we also watched Ballbuster, which we also um, Black Spot. Wait, I thought that was Bruce Lay. Oh, what am I thinking of? Well, never oh, mind. You, uh, there were other. Think, yeah, uh, I think that we did. We did. Um, what's the movie with uh, Chris Mitchum? Yeah, he's in. So, oh, striking, striking force. Or striking, striking point. point. Yeah, because they had a loop point. tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the archive had a loop tape, which is just the trailer over and over again. I don't think anyone bought it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, want to, I, would, I don't want a loop tape. That'd be I think, you know, at the video store, you just, you know, they'd have it on. You know, if there's a screen and people can look at it, I think they need Well, that's a good tape. point. Yeah, because you know it's not you, really people, meant for home viewing. It's meant to have it on in the video store. Like you, you walk in, it's like, wait, what? Striking point? I want to rent for a striking point. You want to? You know, that's funny. They make those. But I remember seeing those at Blockbuster, like the the repeated videos over and over again. Yeah. Well, they made one for striking point. Well, I think I said this story before, but what is it? Suncoast used to have like there's like a little computer where you can play uh, trailers on it, like. And I used to just press broken. I used to just you know, click on broken arrow all day. It's like you go to the mall. And the <laughs> broken arrow, broken arrow. Eh, eh. It's like <laughs> that's all I did. And it was like you know the, the hottest streaming video of 1995 or 1996. Yeah, well, like, it really was. Because but, that was know, the big. Go ahead. Well, it's top two wrongs make it right. Is um, oh right. It, it's not the easiest movie to find, but it's. If you're interested in low-budget kind of, I guess you'd say, regional movie making and the work of Ivan Rogers, I would say, to see it. But other than that, maybe not. Yeah, and what's funny about this movie is that on the site, there's a poster for Quiet Fire <laughs> that's supposed to be Two Wrongs Make It Right. So in some other country, they kind of... Some other country, yeah. So it's Lawrence Hill and Jacobs, and then on the back is Ivan Rogers. It's completely mm. two different people. It's like... I feel like there might be some racism involved in that. Yes, and it's like what, you couldn't get a, co- a cover of Two Wrongs Make It Right. You had to steal Quiet Fire. <laughs> I don't know. They, apparently, they do that a lot in these other countries. Like you know, that that solo poster. Oh, did I have? have? Yeah, it's a solo and Deep Rising. So like they like, took some imagery from Deep Rising, they kind of yeah. smacked it onto the solo poster. Yeah, Treat Williams is on the poster, on the solo. <laughs> like poster. she's not in Solo. Everybody. No. It's like that's Deep Rising. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they do that. I don't know why, but they do. It's really funny. I mean, wait, was Quiet Fire the movie where there was like a, a silly congressman who was a wimp? It's like in the beginning, he's listening to the radio and yeah, I think I, it was. It was. So. It was. And that's the one yeah. where everyone hates Todd McMasters, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just you... inexplicable. It's like, oh, that Todd McMaster. Who's Todd McMasters? Why do they keep mentioning him? <laughs> It's like they don't even show Mr. Todd McMasters. It's like, <laughs> well, I, I, didn't they? Remember, he has like glasses. He's like, oh, really? and, yeah, yeah, I think they was... didn't show the congressman who was supposed to be. Oh, a okay. <laughs> Todd, 
Yeah, he was like a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> well, Quiet Fire is better. better than yeah, yeah than like two hours. Yeah. Um, and the next one is kind of a classic movie, which is Caliber Nine. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So from it's an Italian, to- yeah, Polizia Teschi movie. Um, so Fernando De Leo, right? Yeah, so, Fernando De Leo. Yeah, this is a good one. I mean, it's so it, all of them are all all of them are all fun to watch. You know, Heroin Busters, Caliber Nine. Uh, what's that? The Big Racket. You know. Yeah, heroin busters. I know you love that one. Oh, when he slides down the uh, elevator or the escalator, it's like, yeah. please do um, please do. Uh, I hope you're about to do. You did. <laughs> so it's like I won't say what happens. But, but it's something it's, pretty awesome. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want to hear the plot of Caliber Nine? Sure, go for it. Okay, so Ugo Plaza or Piazza has just got out of jail. All he wants to do is reconnect with his old flame named Nelly played by Barbara Boucher. But some gangsters are making his life a lot more miserable than it already is. They are convinced that Ugo has $300,000 stashed away somewhere, and they intend on harassing him until he forks it over. Also, there's a character named Rocco, played by Mario Adorf. It's really close to Adolf. <laughs> He's pushing Ugo at the top of the ladder as a sinister crime lord, only known as the Americano. Do you remember this character? Mm, not played immediately. By Lionel Stander? I'm okay. surprised that Henry Silva is not in this movie. <laughs> well, he's in a lot of movies yeah. like this. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we enjoyed it. You know, it's a, it's a you know, like you said, the classic Italian uh, crime thriller. So, uh, anything else you want to say about that one? I, that's just kind of the movie in a nutshell. I mean, I don't know if I should talk that much more about it. I mean, if you do you like that sort of movie, then by great. all means, <laughs> great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Let's see. So, what is our next exciting movie? I think this is more up your alley. Eighty-eight yeah. minutes. <laughs> well, it's Al Pacino at his best. You know, we, people. It's more of a mainstream movie. You know, it is. But this, you know, I don't know if we'd review this today, but I think back then yeah. when you were reviewing the movie. Yeah, I was reviewing the movie, so I all I had. You know, it's just like, and the thing is about eighty-eight minutes was, I watched like this like kind of bootleg online, because it, it took three years for. The, it to really come out in the theater. So, oh. But uh, I remember that now that I'm reading the old review. But people know this one. You know, Al Pacino plays Jack Graham. He's a <laughs> professor. And <laughs> and then there's like this there's a killer after him. He had 88 minutes to live. And then if, people should watch this movie because it is really insane. Because it's so it's so wacky. And also, you know, William Forsythe, he yells at William Forsythe, like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, see, they got the line wrong. It's, there are some very Pacino-esque moments, and that's yeah, the thing. You want to hear them doing that yelling that we all love. Yeah, I love the yelling. I mean, because they the line. Well, yeah, because I think everyone thinks Jack Graham is behind all yeah. these killings. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But he's not, obviously, because he's <laughs> no, the main he's hero. So, But he's very harried, and he has to like explain this to people. And then his car blows up. Yeah, and then, but, you know, Milton Forrest like, still thinks he did it. And so yeah, Jack Graham says, you, you think I blew up my own car? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's wearing like this kind of semi-rumpled suit, and his hair is, let's just say, odd. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's, kind of, it's a messy movie, but there's something about it that keeps you watching. Yes, there is. is. No, there really is. It's, it's, I want to rewatch the theater. It sure did. It took a while. Um, I don't think it would today. This feels kind of direct-to-video-esque to me. Well, you watch it, yeah, because it's made by direct-to-video folks, you know, from millennial 
or millennial <laughs> millennium films that's more millennial films i can see that now like hi guys this is tiffany <laughs> melissa we're making a film now it's just like <laughs> yes millennial films millennial like, <laughs> millennium like, films you know which you know films. if it wasn't for them you wouldn't have seen half the stuff you've you seen know, the past couple without years. these wacky producers like danny dimbort we'll never get yeah. 88 minutes you know it's like yeah but if it wasn't for new image slash millennium films and the at Lionsgate, where where yeah. would we be? I wouldn't have a collection. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. It's like, yeah, and they're the ones employing these actors that can't get work in the wake of all these superhero movies. So, even this is before know. that. But I think you know, superheroes were you know were moving up the ranks a bit, so this had to come out quick. Yeah, this would go straight to video today. I'm, t- it will. It was this in like Righteous Kill. It's kind of like Pacino's <laughs> kind of last gasp into the theater a bit and they're both silly movies that people should see because they're so silly yeah it's made by the same director too so john avnett oh john avnett directed both of those yeah so Um, now he's a legend that explains a lot well i mean only that it's by the same person not that i know john avnett that well even though since you know just watching justified he directed a bunch of justified so it's so but uh yeah i mean i I know he's kind of like a big name hollywood director isn't he yeah, basically, yeah. And then what's funny about Righteous Kill, well, if you watch both back-to-back, it's it's really funny. That would be a great idea to watch both <laughs> 88 Minutes and Righteous Kill back-to-back. I mean, because, you might be laughing too much. At, yeah, like, I mean, you actually would bust the gut. Yeah. Because like, does he yell a lot in Righteous Kill? It's like, I'm trying to remember what he says. Yelling? I, I mean, most movies post-Scent of a Woman, he yells yeah. you know, at least once in the movie. <laughs> I, I believe there's a couple scenes of yelling, but you're right. It's not, it's, it's a little tamped down. Yeah. Um, Cause I, he's, he's not like constant screaming. Like yeah. he, he could do. That would be, I would like to see that version. Another righteous kill too. They could still make it. Everyone's still around. <laughs> and they can you still know, pretend like, to be young, even though they're older. They were saying they were like 42. It's like, <laughs> well, there's seven. That, that's If you watch it with that frame of mind, yeah. it, it, the movie is gut busting. Yeah. How I mean, tr- we've mentioned this before. We mentioned before, they- like in the last tail end of a podcast, how Righteous Kill is actually crazily hilarious. I, I think I'm almost positive unintentionally. It's unintentional because it's cool. It's shot in Connecticut, though. Yes, it was shot in Connecticut. It was at least in part um, for sure. So that's a good, connect, you know, Connecticut connection. But the idea that they don't acknowledge that these guys are getting on in years and they're still treating them <laughs> like they're young is and, so funny. It's almost, it's that, too funny. And that's what they're doing 88 minutes for Jack Graham. He's like, he's like, he's a sexy young yeah. professor. It's just like, right. whoa, like, sexy. He's like, <laughs> like, uh, not exactly. Like, but uh, Really Sobieski is in love with me. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, geez. Now they almost don't even have to watch the movie. That's, well, that's not a spoiler. It's just like, no, no. Like, I mean, because that's like the plot in a nutshell. Yeah. And also, who else is it? it's oh, Alicia Witt, right? So, Oh, Alicia Witt, right, right. Yeah. And Neil McDonough and all, all of our favorites. So. Oh, also from Justified. And maybe that's how he knows Abnet. So. Yeah, so there could be a connection there. Um, I mean, but yeah, that's a funny movie. People yeah, should check, see out, check out 88 Minutes anytime. And it, the beginning's kind of like Slasher, too. If you no, yeah, because it's kind of like a slasher on the loose almost. Yeah, yeah. so it's. So there has a lot of good things about it. And people probably never even gave this movie a second thought. Like, maybe what? Right. What's it? Well, it's the movie, because it came out in 2007, so, or at least in the theaters in 2007. So, like, it was kind of the tail end of the video store. Like, well, I kind of fell through the cracks. It's like, okay, I kind of heard of that movie. It has, Al Pac- has Al Pacino? And he's trying, to look like, he's trying to look like Jason Bourne, too, on the cover. Right, <laughs> which is not at, at all accurate. <laughs> like, he does not really shoot anybody in this movie. So, And also, that came out 
around the time that other movie that I borrowed from your collection was it The Recruit? Is that what Colin Farrell? Oh, The Recruit. Yeah. Movie's called? Yeah. Whoa, uh, Colin Farrell. I'm the Recruit. I've recruited you in the farm. <laughs> that has so some good Pacino-esque moments, which you have oh, to I wait for, it. but yeah. they're they're worth it. I love it because it's it's right. He has like it's uh, like a ton of exposition. It's like yes, Colin, you could have been the best. <laughs> Right. It, it, I trained you at the farm. <laughs> yeah, there's some great. Again, there's no way that would have gone to the theater in today no, or even no, no ten way. years ago. No way. I mean, I even think like 2003 was an interesting time, but we could probably go to our next movie. Right. You're so talking about the wacky Al Pacino movies all day, but uh, that could, that's an interesting idea. If you go through like these classic actors' filmographies and pick out the silly ones and talk about right, them. like Roy Scheider is in the Rage and uh, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he does Roy Scheider foo. Well, okay, yeah, that's a good. You know, I'll write that down. Okay. To, uh, find like all the classic actors we all love and enjoy, and find and pick out their silliness. Their okay, silliness, that is a good uh, idea. Their silliness. That'll help movie. people too. You know, that'll help people find movies. Because that'll watch. be kind of fun to do anyway. Because everyone has a silly movie in their filmography. So. Yeah, at least one, if not more than one. So I'll I'll I'll, well, I'll think of something like I think of a title very soon. We're, we're Al, Al, Al Pacino never did Al Pacino food, did he? <laughs> I don't think so. I haven't watched Revolution yet. Maybe does that. Um, oh. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Or no, he doesn't do any uh, Alan Pacino food at all. So it's just like. <laughs> all right. So, but now we have all these one movies that we already talked about, like One okay. Man One Man Out, One Man Force. Yeah, um, we can we can One Way Out. Uh, yeah, we can. We talked about those a little bit. I mean, we can go to it's kind of like a, it's a mixture of math and a mixture of school. Well, yeah, we've so. we covered that already. But, you know, we have John Matuzak. We have uh, well, Steve yeah. McCabe, a.k.a. Eric. We have uh, um, One Man Army is Jerry one, Trimble. Yeah, you one know. this and one that, which that's just not even on the list. It's just a bunch of. So, I mean, we covered these in another episode, so I don't really yeah. feel the need to go into all these no, right not at all. So we can go to the other ones that we're talking about. I don't have to feel bad talking about Al Pacino for so long because we could just make yeah, I don't. We can't help it. How can you not? Okay, but here's a gem, though. Here's a okay. gem coming up. Phase 4. Yeah, let's talk about Phase 4. Now, this is not the Ant movie because there's also a movie right. about ants, which is also really good, called Phase 4. That's a good movie, too. I never saw the but, Ant movie. No, it's good. It's it's you know about intelligent ants and what if ants are smarter than okay. you think what's uh, funny is this movie is intelligent too it is but you think here's a directed video movie from whatever year that is with Dean 2002 Kane. D- right. oh, and brian so bosworth and like, you think oh. oh no this is what's this no you're yeah. wrong okay you are wrong yeah. this movie there's a lot more going for it than you might think and this is an undiscovered gem and i will read down read down i will read yeah, down read the down. plot for you so rundown so simon tate played by dean kane is a former navy seal and football player who at the age of 30 decides to enroll himself at new england university to get a uh, degree in journalism but simon tate gets more than he bargained for when he accidentally stumbles upon a conspiracy that threatens many people's lives noticing a pattern among the mysterious deaths of some students at neu <laughs> he reaches out to dr ben ronick for some possible answers and then there's some mysterious phases because it's about a kind of a, a drug people use. I'm trying to give a, uh, too many spoilers. So, but there's some thugs after him, and one of them's played by the boss, and his name is Stephen Burnham. <laughs> Forget I screwed that up, <laughs> grammar. But uh, and then it's fun, you know. Dean Kane, Brian Boss, they fight in it. That's really cool. And that's never happened before. No, and it, it was well done because there was actually like kind of development in those two fights, if you, if you remember. 
Well, so, I remember there's more to this than people might think. It's a good underlying plot with a good idea, yeah. which we're now, dancing around. We're dancing around. Like, you, you just have to trust us. Yeah, in the beginning, it was like, this is ridiculous. What's going on? Remember there's like a car chase that's kind of goofy? Well, yeah, no, there's definitely goofiness in the movie, yeah. for sure. There's a lot of direct video 2002 <clears throat> goofballery going on, yeah. but that that doesn't, but that's all for the better. And what's good about this movie is it tries hard and you think, and you care about the characters. So. Yes, and and that's all we can ever hope for as movie viewers, you know. And there, it's it's giving us what we really ask for and what we really want. So, you know, that's why people should know more about Phase Four. And here's a one extra funny part about it was that there's a character, there's a there's a gaffer on the film named Dan Brand Muffin Grady. Of course, there Remember is. Brand only Muffin? we would notice that too. <laughs> well, it's like Peach Bucket McWoo and Hostile Intent. This is Brand Muffin. And it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Fig in that other movie. But, um, what other thing? You know, for the kid's name is Fig Newton. Oh, Spy Trap? <laughs> I guess. I've never seen Spy Trap. But oh, I, I hear Spy Trap is really not for kids. You know, I saw some clips because it's also called Zits. It's like, I can't even say what they say. In this movie, we get the E tag. But anyway, so but his, his name isn't just it's Dan Brandmuffin Grady, which sounds yes. like a made up person, but it's a real man apparently. Well, that means he was gaffing it up on Phase Four. Like, hey, Brandmuffin, how's it going, dude? And he probably high fived him. And yeah, that's what he said. He seemed like a cool guy. guy. Might have a, a mullet and a mustache. <laughs> I would, oh like like a kind of not like a uh, walrus mustache, it's like a, kind of like a mini mustache maybe. Mm. I think he was kind of like a jock guy. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But, yeah. you know, he's like a party down kind of dude, you know. Yeah, like, hey, it's Brad Muffin. He's coming to our party. Like, he's probably buddies with Brian Bosworth. Yeah. Brian, Brand Muffin Bosworth. <laughs> but his name's already taken. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's the Boz meets the Brad Muffin. Yeah, yeah, the Boz meets Brad Muffin. <laughs> that could be a reality show. That should be something. <laughs> I mean, how did he get that nickname? Oh, maybe he's just a... Of just, brand muffin maybe he goes to like the local shoppy and it's like, hey, this guy gets the brand muffin, right? We're not gonna call you brand. Hey, muffin. I'll start calling you brand muffin. I mean, imagine liking brand muffins that much that they start calling you brand muffin. <laughs> I, you know, if I wanted a muffin, I'd probably get like a raspberry one. They make raspberry muffins or blueberry muffins nowadays. Well, yeah, sure, blueberry. I don't know if I've ever seen raspberry. Well, cranberry, like cranberry is true, but they make raspberry now. They make everything berry. Yeah, that's muffins. true. Yeah. But do you like a cranberry muffin or a blueberry muffin? Yeah, I do. Muffin? Yeah, I do. No, I, I'm more of a cranberry kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. you're not a brand muffin. I like the tartness just... of it. I think that contrasts well with the rest of the muffin. It's all about the muffin top, though. You know, not Well, that's so they say, but yeah. I'm starting to think that might be overrated. Yes. See, all yes, muffin top. Yes, with that slur for like some sort of like fat girl pooch. Fat. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> it's very oh. silly. Well, that's Brand Muffin for you. That's Brand Muffin for you. What would go to our next movie? So this is a movie I haven't seen, I don't think. Oh, what's Se- one's that? Seven Seconds. Oh, right, with Wesley Snipes. Okay, yeah, so, I've never seen this, so you're on your own. So yeah, Jock Tolliver, played by Wesley Snipes, is just kind of an art thief, and then he just shoots a bunch of people. It's a, it's like, <laughs> okay, that's a great description, but it's just like... <laughs> but it's a perfect movie if you just you know i want want to watch some snipes you know it's like you're out of the classics so like you know let's go to restrict the video catalog okay well i know you've been trying to get me to watch it and i have nothing against watching it i just haven't gotten to it yet but you know i rewatched it 
maybe a couple of years ago when I was on the elliptical uh, machine and it didn't hold up very well because I could see some of the straight to video, you know, holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. some of the writing is a bit Romanian, we'll say. <laughs> I mean, so the sets are too, I guess. The sets are Romanian and some of the writing, some of the characters are kind of really stupid, like these stupid gangsters are after them. But see, but if you just shut off your brain and after mm-hmm. you've seen like Unstoppable or, um, What's the other one I'm thinking of? The Detonator or The Marksman. <laughs> I know, they're all very similar titles. It's just, I think it's a little bit better in those. Okay, so out of his director video output from that time, you would put Seven Seconds at the top of the list? I would, yeah. Then maybe The Detonator and then The Marksman. So Okay, so there's that's, yeah. you know. Trust me, I was excited. Stuff. Like, what's his next going straight to video? <laughs> yeah! It's like <laughs> that seems like something you'd be excited about. It's like, well, because I don't have to wait like six to eight months from the theater to uh, your video store. Right, you don't so even get a 30-day right PPV window. Exactly. You know, it's like farm the table. It's like snipes the home. You know, it's <laughs> snipes like, the home, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the whole idea behind director video, isn't it? To get these stars into your homes faster than ever. Faster. I want them faster. I don't want to wait six months. I think you have to wait like a year to see Jurassic Park in the video store. Well, that's like, Jurassic Park. You know, now you think it's just like, you know, a bunch of Dolph movies and a bunch of Nicolas Cage movies that come out per year. So well, that's a good idea. Dolph Lundgren and Nicolas Cage in a movie? It's like... Well, I didn't even mean to put that together, but sure. It's amazing that hasn't happened yet. What with their output? And maybe one, how about Bruce Willis be in it too? Well, he's not doing so hot. But no, I mean, I know, I want, we're not yeah. going to talk anymore about that. But yeah, but, but if my only point is that there are several Bruce Willis movies that come out per year on video. Yeah, that's true. And I did watch one called White Elephant. It has, it's more of a Michael Rooker joint. Mm-hmm. And it tried. It tried. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, good. I mean, it, it's all you can hope for. Is that the, I think a lot of these movies do try. People think they don't because there are some bad apples that don't try. But a lot do. But I could see this. You know, it's like, kind of like uh, one in the chamber. You know, So it's Dolph Lundgren and Cuba Gooding Jr., so you get Dolph Lundgren and another Academy Award winner. So you get Dolph Lundgren and Nicolas Cage. So like that'd be pretty cool. And what would Nicolas Cage be doing? Would he be like, be like he, the guy who's running Dolph, who's like the you know the CIA master? Oh, that's a good idea. I was thinking it would be like Nicolas Cage is on the run from Dolph. Oh, Dolph's the bad guy. Dolph's to be the bad guy. So like, oh. come after Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah, so and then. Nicholas Cage is like this will be like the cages of Cage. Like it really would be really out there because he's 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 stressed out because yeah, Dolph Lundgren is like an unstoppable killing machine and he's exactly. scared. So and because look, he's scared, he's flipping out and he's screaming. flipping <laughs> out. So it's like you know, not the Dolph or whatever. That's silly. Yeah, They're basically, like, yeah, okay. But that's totally not the movie I yeah. had in mind. But that, okay, that but what's your idea? I, just off the top of my head, it would yeah. be they're both good guys. Maybe yeah. there could okay. be a twist somewhere, but okay. But Dolph Lundgren's like a some sort of international agent, like a CIA okay. type guy, and, and Nicholas Cage is. I will fight these people for you. He's not like in all these porn <laughs> movies and a bunch, of, yes, and a, and a bunch of these other type of movies where there's they cut they keep cutting back to what's going oh, on. They in come, the command oh yeah, they center. come back. Yeah, they go, okay, he would be like the guy at the center looking at the screens. Yeah. Nicholas yes. Cage. Okay, yes. that's a good too. It's like. And then, that's in a lot of movies these days where they're, they're looking well, at the screens, yeah. but then they're looking for the guy who's on the run and they keep cutting back and forth and back and forth. It's funny. Now it's just like almost a cliche nowadays. You know, we got like the Bourne movies, like you got Tommy Lee Jones saying, you know, again, finding a guy on the run again. Yeah. And there's a movie that I'm not going to remember what it is, but it's, it, that's that's what's happening in it where there's 
So on on, is it unlocked? Oh, no. Is oh, it, uh, um, no, it could be, yes. But is that Malkovich, or is he talking about the Gary Oldman? No, it's Rainfall. It's Rainfall. Rainfall. Gary Oldman has best. Get me That's John Rainfall. Rain! Yeah, that, that, I'm thinking it's would be like Rainfall, but instead yeah. of the Japanese guy and Gary Oldman, yeah. it would it would be uh, maybe Dolph and Nicolas Cage. But yeah, yeah, Rainfall is a movie where Gary Oldman's at the command center looking at yeah. screens, and he has I a bunch of and underlings and screaming at them to find John Rain. Well, the thing about this new movie just made up, uh, it would be if Dolph Lundgren's the killing machine <laughs> again, then uh, he would have goons this time. Because I'm really getting tired of these one-on-one kind of movies where it's just like Nicolas Cage versus Dolph Lundgren. I want Dolph Lundgren and some goons for right. Nicolas Cage to fight. Right. So, like, so we'd established in the beginning of the movie that Nicolas Cage is capable of fighting some goons, yeah. but not a super goon, which, which is... Uh, What's in your version? Which yeah, is super, super goons? <laughs> well, no, no. There's one super goon, and that's Dolph. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the main goon, and then there's other goons. Like they could maybe get like uh, I don't know, Peter Green, the character actor, Patrick <laughs> Kilpatrick. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of the the, the people that the are co-star. always bad guys. The guys, the co-star list of Under Siege to Dark Territory, basically. But and then they're all in a car, maybe chasing Nicolas Cage, and then um. Because Nicholas Cage is the most crazy. Maybe yeah. he, could, he could jump over the car again, just like Dolph Lundgren did. And Dolph Lundgren is like his own titles. That's what I'm thinking. You know, so he's the killing machine. The killing he's machine. an army of one. He's an army of one, but I have an army of people this time. So, well, you don't have a Nicholas Cage impression, do you? Not really. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have you got Snake Eyes, but you have to watch Snake Eyes to watch to hear that kind of voice he does at the end when he's talking to Gary Sinise. Uh, okay. so the, isn't the, the beginning of Snake Eyes great? Oh, yeah, the beginning's amazing. The whole movie's really good. But yeah, that has a great beginning, yes. So, like, I'm the king. Here's that awesome jacket, which we talked about before. So I won't go back to the jacket. But All right, so that we came up with a whole new idea, two ideas for yeah. those movies, and they could shoot them back to back, I'm sure. Yeah, that'd be great. And then it'd be a fun. I can't think of a title, but, you know. We'd, yeah, we would need two titles, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, we'd have, well, how about we do that as a continuation? And okay. We'll think about that. I'll think of the, these uh, two Nicolas Cage movie titles with Dolph Lundgren. Okay. I could probably right, so do that, but I can't do it on top of my head. So it's like. Well, because these have to be special. They can't just be some stupid thing like The Shooter or something. Yeah, it has to be boring. like a better title. Yeah, it'll be like Ground Force that we talked about. It's yeah, like Ground Force. <laughs> um, I, can't you see Dolph Lundgren in those armor fatigues and he's fighting people? It's, of it's, course. Every, Someone falls off a guard, guard tower. This is a movie. It's like, <laughs> okay, but what's our next title? Six bullets. Six bullets. Oh, Joe, oh that's Dolph Lundgren. I, I can't do any impressions anymore. I'm out of impressions. But six bullets, that's a Joe Flanagan. Yeah. So, it's, uh, <laughs> funny how that's an instant name you come up with. Oh, yeah, yeah, Joe Flanagan. Oh, oh yeah, John claude Van Damme, right. Well, oh, well, what do you remember from this one? Uh... <laughs> Joe Flanagan. They were like he goes with his family to some yeah. other country. Yeah, and he's then, trying to. Be, yeah, he's a punch fighter, and then, uh, what does Van Dam do? Oh, he's like he he's Joe Flanagan's friend named Samson Gall. Cool name. Mm-hmm. I don't play. I am. I do play. I play Samson Gall. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> he's an ex mercenary, ex legionnaire who is the best. Whose methods may be unorthodox, but he gets results. <laughs> yeah. Never seen that before. But no, that's why that's we do this. Original we idea. That's yeah. <laughs> who's the first person to ever think of that though? It's like <laughs> he's like <laughs> the person who's the best and who's X everything yeah. and he's the yeah. best. 
Yeah. I don't know. What's, what's the first one? I you know we, that's hard to think of. Uh, maybe sure. John, maybe Dirty Harry. I don't know. Yeah, maybe or like Gordon's War. Maybe. I yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. So okay, it's so it's like Taken meets just another Van Damme movie, really. That's basically the plot. Well, so, yeah, we're living in a post-Taken world, so yeah. some DCV people probably said, okay, let's do something very similar, but we'll get yeah. Van Damme. Yeah, and, Joe, and we'll get some UFC man who's yeah, there. Yeah, I think he fights like two people. I don't know, but, but I think the family gets in on the action, too. It's kind of fun, if, I rem- if you remember that. Yeah, so it's almost like no no escape. Right? Yeah, no escape. That's what we always talk about. Yeah, no escape of, uh, oh, Wow. Wilson, Owen Wilson, like Owen Wow Wilson. Yes, Owen in quotes. Wow, Wilson. So much we haven't thought that bit before. And uh, no, I I don't want I want to watch that again. That was a really intense movie. So, yeah. so anyway, Six Bullets. It's directed video as Van Damme and Lance. Joe Flanagan. There you go. It's like <laughs> wow, what a review. But overall, no, it's worth watching if you're kind of looking for some Van Damme you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Or ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> And also, uh, it does have some prerequisite torture. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> the prerequisite? Well, uh, well, I was just going to move on to the next thing. But, oh, go ahead. Well, so, you know, zero is a number two. So we have uh, yes. zero boys. Oh, the zero boys. I forgot about that one. I don't, I for, I, what is that? Paintball well, it's gone PGW. wrong? It's PGW. Yeah. It, paintball gone wrong. And um, Nico Mastarakis directed it. Yeah. And, um, well, here's think, the pl- is, yeah. What is the plot? Steve, sure. Larry, and Rip are, uh, <laughs> and which are the, the ultimate '80s names for your friend. You know, of course, <laughs> everyone in the '80s had Steve, Larry, and Rip. Because there's always a friend who has like a silly name. So it's like Steve, Larry, Rip. You know, it's like it's like, it's like I can't think of a wacky name. Oh, it would be like Tyler, Brett, Gunner. It's just like, yeah. well, <laughs> Gunner. See, you're, you're, you're as usual. You're thinking more about Van Damme. It would have to be something sillier than that. Oh, like oh, I'm trying to think of a, I don't know, a silly. Well, name. you know, like in Saved by the Bell, you know. Oh, like Fig Newton or Screech or something like that, yeah. you know. Like, or, or, or like Brand Cheeto Muffin or something like that, yeah. or Brand Muffin. It's like, <laughs> yeah, or like, or I don't know, like Cookie or something like that. So it's like, hey, Cookie, but his name's not Cookie. It's probably like you know Clarence, so like, but they call <laughs> yeah. him Cookie. Right, like, <laughs> or you know, some big fat guy named Tiny. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, you gotta love that. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Because I yeah, guess it's too mean to call them fatty, so they have to call them. No, fatty. no. <laughs> so because okay, so Steve, Larry, and Rip, and their girlfriends Jamie, Trish, and Sue. There's a bunch of cast names, <laughs> but you know, uh, they go deep into the woods of California for a paintball expedition. Now these dudes are the best at paintball, but they're they're the zero boys, and they're stalked by a murderous madman, and the terror begins. So it's like Master Blaster. Right, but I think we like Master Blaster more. Master Blaster is a better movie, but this has the idea that we kind of like, which is that it's kind of shot in the city. You know, it's not not in the woods, really. Well, there's some. <laughs> My memory is that it is in the woods. Well, I think there's some woods and some city. You know, it's oh, like. Okay. So that's a better idea. Just to have like violent paintball in the city, kind of like Judgment Night, something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, this is a type of movie that's probably due for a rewatch because. Yeah, I gotta rewatch it. I, I think uh, we liked it, but maybe was because I think we just watched Master Blaster like right near it. So it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to beat. It is. So. It is. Um, I believe if I don't know if we want to go on to the next thing, but the next movie also has paintball gone wrong in it. 
which is well, what we mentioned before, class of 1999, too, the substitute. <laughs> well, it so, is Sasha Mitchell at absolute best. Well, before is. we get to that, we'll yeah. just, do, just do zero tolerance. Do you want to do that last? Or oh, oh well, <laughs> you're, I was saving it for last, but since you said it, we'll do it. Because yeah. there's something else that could be last. Oh, okay. So, well, it's, it's a, this is a come up, it's classic. I mean, this is just such that's a That's what we great... called it, I think. So people haven't seen this, just stop the podcast, watch it. Then re- and then press play again on this podcast and listen to the rest. Because it's like, this movie rocks. You know, it's classic 90s action. It's oh, Robert- at, at its best. Yeah. At its absolute best. Yeah, I mean, this is so, the movie you see on cable or in the video store in the 90s that delivers the goods. And it has the cover you want, which is it's Robert Patrick. He has a machine gun. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, he takes no prisoners. Zero tolerance. Like, now this is a movie you will rent. So it's like, <laughs> Yeah, and it has other people like Titus Welliver and um, <laughs> a certain uh, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, Mick Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood. And, yeah, Mick, and Miles O'Keefe. Which I just and, actually finally yeah. watched the other version of Cartel. Oh, uh, it was pretty good. It's definitely different. It's like seven more minutes of footage. Hopefully, that'll get a release somehow. That would be nice because yeah, you're losing six, seven minutes of footage is a lot. Yes, for cartel. I mean, that can make a lot of difference. Well, the scene in question, I can see why they cut it out, but it's it's almost like New New York Ripper esque, and it's a you know, there's like an assault scene. It's very New York Ripper, so I can see why they mm-hmm. cut it out in the American version. But people haven't seen Zero Tolerance. Just watch it. But well, Jeff I mean, Douglas, it's Robert Patrick getting revenge. Yeah, yeah, he plays Jeff Douglas. He's a by the book FBI agent, family man, and then uh, his family gets killed by these you know cartels. And then he's out for freaking revenge. And one of the gangsters is played by Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> and something happens to him. And you will enjoy that part. <laughs> it's, we can't recommend it enough. This is really the type of movie we always want to be real. And in this case, yeah, it is. It is. And Fleetwood plays a guy named Vitch. So V-I-T-C-H. If you remember that. <laughs> no, I don't. But it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah, well, see Zero Tolerance, please. Please see to, it if you haven't. Buy it on any you know place you can buy things. <laughs> just anywhere. It'd be cool if like you can just find tapes on the street. And one of them would be like zero tolerance. It's like, whoa, really? <laughs> tapes on the street? Yeah, it'd also be great if you could find gold and cash on the street. I mean, what, <laughs> I what, what, what are you saying here? No, I mean like people who like you know hawk with you know wrist watches like in New York City. You have tapes. Yeah. Also. I That's think they I mean. used to do that with these bootlegs. And they have that mark, you yeah, know, but, that little stamp. Yeah, but no, this wouldn't be a bootleg. These are real tapes. So. Yeah, they should have that. Well, now they have the thing Brooklyn and stuff like that. And That's I cool. Yeah. Yeah. But now we'll go to our kind of second half, a little bit mini second half of this episode. Well, this is the second half. I think we're. But well, we're this is the more than half. <laughs> the class of 1999 to the substitute. So. Right. So we're saying Sasha Mitchell as best, right? So. Uh, yeah, and there's paintball, and it's entertaining, and this is a good direct-to-video kind of fun action '90s movie that that we always needs, talk. It definitely needs a, like a better release, and oh, you know, yes. I, but it's really hard to be class in '99 than one of you know Pam Greer and uh, Stacey Keach, but it's still pretty fun because it's you know it's uh, it's, it's like a robot. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's a robotic substitute that plays by the rules. Yeah, it's in, but in the future of 1999, the punks rule the hallways and the classrooms of our nation's schools. But John Bolin will be taking care of that. So he's a stone-faced cybernetic organism. He believes everything in the world leads to anarchy. So 
And then, he, you know, he just takes out these punks. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember liking it. I mean, I don't know if these I movies are based off the of class of 1984. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, that, that didn't have robots in it, did it? No, no, I didn't have robots, but I guess, but a similar title. And then class of 1999, it made it seem like it's some sort of sequel. Right, because I think class of 1984, there's the original. And they made class of 1999, which is a sequel to class of 1984. Then they made this straight to video thing with Mitchell, which is connected to class of 99. So it's like, I guess it is a, another sequel, but it's not really connected to the first one. No, not really. But, no. but what's funny about this is that in the beginning, or anytime <laughs> Sasha Mitchell talks, it's like, you know, he's a robot. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's really funny to watch. Because there's a part where he, like, he punches like a car. It's really funny. Because I've yeah, watched so in the past two years. Yeah. So, I mean, the other movie we, we were going to mention was Detention, which is, I think, what we've talked about before, because that's Dolph Lundgren, and we didn't like it very much. Yeah, the weak Dolph, you know, over Detention. But it's like, I did Dolph, I did Dolph Rush a lot today. So, I guess, you know, Detention's a weak Canadian Dolph movie, and, you know, there's Hoagie, and the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could have it been... See, it's like the Substitute series, but bad. <laughs> so... Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it, it would have been like a good movie? Like you know, Substitute Three is really good. It could, should have just based off Substitute Three for the de- well, for detention. The last thing I have on the list is the yeah. Substitute series, so we could just yeah. parlay this right into the Substitute. Well, movies. yeah, Detention sucks. Next movie, <laughs> Substitute One, because you know, save the best for last. You know, Carl Thomason. Uh, yeah. Sure. But, so we you know, first one. after you have your math class, you got to have your substitute. Well, that's true. Time for the substitute. And <laughs> substitute one, Tom Berenger plays uh, was that Shale? So it's like right, Shale, yeah. Um, and then and we went to the theater. By the way, did you want to see it when it came out? Probably. It's, but it's funny that that went to the theater because I do think of it as a direct-to-video series, but that right. first one is if not. This came, if this came out in like 1999, not 1996, this would have gone to the video store. But Which might a, seem like a close amount of time, but really, yeah. there's a big difference. So, well, that's what's so interesting. You know, they made all these movies and sequels really close together, you know. and But one of the big lines is, is a silly line from Shale. Like, don't cry. Sit down. Have a shrimp roll. <laughs> right, right. That soothes everyone's fears. Well, uh, but, you know, there's also there's William Forsythe's in this, too, right? Sure is. And, yeah. So he's back. From they have uh, mercenary humor, which is you know, the bunch of mercenaries <laughs> and there's mercenary humor that only they yeah. find funny because they're you know, the mercenaries. They're, yeah, they're ruthless killers. You know, just like, but it, you know, people know the plot of this, right? So, Shale is a Vietnam vet and mercenary, and then he has to go undercover at the school because her his girlfriend got beat up by these punks. One of them played by Mark Anthony, the singer, and then. Uh, Ernie Hudson's hanging around as the principal, who might be up to no good. So, <laughs> no spoiler. <laughs> yeah, but having, you know, classrooms filled with punks was a thing back then. You know, oh you my class of 1984, 1999, I mean, Dangerous yeah. Minds. Oh, Dangerous, uh, well, yeah, it's just after Dangerous Minds. And we loved punks, I guess. Or, or is it, it was a scary time, maybe. Well, the, the high school high, um, <laughs> and the punks are well, ruling the schools. Well, there was a, I've seen high school high. I think it was kind of funny. I mean, like, but I think it was like it's supposed to be like a takeoff on these type of movies. Oh, right? yeah. There, kids. Were, there was one funny part, which I will give away, which was that John Lovett is going into the school and he's worried that his car is going to get stolen. So he's looking back at it. And then 
and there's a really funny shot of just the car just disappears. Just like <laughs> while he's, while he's <laughs> that was funny. That was <laughs> like he <laughs> just disappears. <laughs> I, I think it's okay, but the problem with these like comedies of the nineties, like it doesn't know when to end. Like that's the problem with high school high. It's like because they're trying to be like more serious towards the end of the movie. Also, Tia, also Tia Carrera, right? Oh. Didn't we mention Tia Carrera? Right? Uh, yes. I forget what movie we did. <laughs> um, I don't think it was a movie on our list. I think it was some other movie we were talking about, so I don't have it right now. Oh, oh, okay. So, but yeah, if you haven't seen The Substitute, it's pretty fun. I mean, there's some there's some stupid moments with Cliff the Young and some you know stupid humor, but overall it's pretty fun. If you haven't seen it. But you then know. an improvement takes place when Treat yes. Williams becomes the substitute. Yes, when he with becomes the Carl yes. Thomason character. Carl Tom, yep. And that one is substitute substitute two schools out. <laughs> you got to call it that, by the way. So, I, and is that the one with the yo-yo, or is that? It sure is. So he just he's just going undercover in the school again, and he has a kind of a awesome yo-yo. He beats up these stupid punks, and B D Wong is like the evil shop teacher. Something of like course that. yeah i mean it's not it's it's good but it's still pretty ridiculous i mean i watched all four um or all three uh two three and four like a couple years ago it, it worked out pretty well as a as holding up but it's hard to beat the third one well the third is, one that's great that's that's the best one right i mean we all agree yeah, on that absolutely i love winner takes all and so carl thomason goes undercover once again to find out about these uh what is that? Uh, Nazis? Steroids. No, oh, no, okay. Nazis is the fourth one. Oh, the third sorry. one is steroids. Yeah, but, but this so. one is just really fun. And just, it's, it's like <laughs> such a yeah. great, fun movie. It's just like, it's a perfect movie to watch with your buddies. Yes, it is. It's like, I mean, like, you pop it in. He's, already, he's like in Iraq, he's like beats up a bunch of terrorists. Then he goes to the school and beats up a bunch of annoying jock jerks. You know, it's like... And it delivers the good. There's one really goofy CGI part. I know. I think I told you this when I rewatched it. It was. I don't want to give it away, but you'll see it. It's like what? Why? But because there's no that, CGI in the entire four movie yeah. series, as far as I know. But no. there is in that one part. There's one scene. It's like it's like a one second part towards the end. Like what? Why would you do that? You were doing well during this sequence. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that all part of the fun? No, but I laughed. You know, and like they actually like brought their A game. Treat Williams too. You know. Maybe they thought, well, it's the third movie in the series. People might think we're flagging. We really have to do a good job. And so you're right. They brought their A game, and it worked out very well. And then we'll go right to the fourth one. Failure is not an option. <laughs> it's like all these school puns. You know, it's like, <laughs> sounds like a substitute five. You know, like substitute five, failing grade. It's like <laughs> well, I already used the word failure, so you can't do that. Well, or yeah, let's see, like um, acing the test. Or something yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Passing the test. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, that's right. That'd be good. Passing the test because they'd have a new recruit of substitutes. Yeah. If they're under their own command. Yeah. <laughs> be like a bunch of substitutes. Yeah, substitute five, day of reckoning. <laughs> well, but, you know how like companies, was it Sony that makes all these stupid sequels like, yeah. you know, Cop and Half 2 and Hard Target 2 and Inside yeah. Man 2? Oh, yeah. They could make substitute five and they could get some probably be a wrestler or something to be the new substitute oh, I see. yeah it could totally be like chris like the Miz or, or yeah. the Miz or cm punk or these people and then yeah so, be partially financed by wwe films yeah and then 
Th- then he could be the new substitute. As yeah, that would be great. I mean, I, I, I guess we could really talk about substitute four for a second. Yeah. I mean, because Patrick Kilpatrick is an evil Nazi. Yes, yes. And Angie Everhart is hanging around. Bill Nunn. Because uh, I think Pete Williams and Bill Nunn are buddies from Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. But oh. Bill Nunn is not related to them. He plays like a weird janitor. It's like. <laughs> there always has to be a weird janitor. There's always he, a weird janitor. And he does nothing. He does nothing. He just like plays an evil, or not evil, a weird janitor who's like, what's going on here? It's like. <laughs> do you think there'd be some sort of twist? Like he has like some sort of like special martial arts powers, but he doesn't. No. I love to see Bill Nunn foo. <laughs> Well, wouldn't we all? Okay, that's that's out of the realm of ridiculousness. <laughs> We're talking about Al Pacino food. Now it's Bill Nunn. <laughs> Maybe they can fight each other. I would Chino versus Nunn. I would. <laughs> did you call him Chino? Really I did not call him Chino. <laughs> People can listen back. I said Pacino, but, but sure. Apostrophe Chino. Apostrophe Chino. Yeah. So yeah, Chino versus Nunn. I, I can see that they're like kind of slowly take off their jackets because they're <laughs> yeah. old. It's like, all right, here we go. But it can be directed <laughs> by John Afnett, and he can pretend yeah. they're young. They're probably like 38. It's like, <laughs> they're being part of like a sub, uh, a supply on substitute five. But yeah, I get told five. What's it called? Um, making the grade. Hmm. Oh, Isn't there already a movie called that? Well, well, I, I mean, like an action title, like you know. Uh, uh, it's hard to think of Tom Head, but substitute five. Uh, <laughs> I, guess. I think acing or passing acing the, the test. Acing, the test. That's the best keep, you've got so far. If we come up with something else, we could. Yeah, that's that's good because he's recruiting a new, you know, thing of substitute people of substitutes, and they all and they fight. Have to pass the test. Yeah, they have to pass the test, and then they fight like a bunch of jocks again, or teachers, <laughs> or like evil teachers, and like that. Yeah, right. Evil teachers. See, there's I a can, lot. There's still places you can go with this idea. Oh, you know, I could see a scene right now where like they CM Punk or whoever realize that the teachers are evil, right? And there's, but they're like kind of strong because maybe there's like some twists about how the teachers are strong. They're like cyborgs. And, or like cyborgs, and he's running away from the teachers. Like down and the like, hallway. Down the hallway, yeah. And then there's like, and then the school blows up, maybe. Like, <laughs> All right, because he's running away because he set a bomb. Because the only well, way to set beat a bomb, the teachers like, is to yeah, blow up the school. To blow up the school, and then maybe in the classic fashion, a hand would pop out of the rubble or something. Yeah, but, of course. <laughs> yeah, that would be the end. Yeah. So it yeah. gives it sort of a sci-fi twist, which the series it, it, never had. Yeah, it d- didn't have it yet, so this is perfect. Substitute 5. I, we, I think we have something here, which would be a great way to end the pod. Which is good, because we don't have any more movies. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> well, I guess we can uh, talk about the plug. Well, before we do that, didn't you say oh. at the end of the episode we were oh. mentioning Sherry O'Terry again? Yes, that's part of the plug, so I'll go right to it. Oh. So one of the plugs, the plug goes, is Ty Action Rocks on Instagram. And today I posted Scary Movie, which has Sherry O'Terry. Oh. That was the thing. It's like That was the connection today. So, and then uh, Ty Comeuppance on Twitter. The website is comeuppanceviews.net. So, and when did we post? Oh, we posted Circuit 3. So, anything else to uh, plug? Mm, I, all the podcatchers that were on and the website and... Oh. All the I think it was like all the plugs are gone <laughs> and the skies are gray. <laughs> so, all right, like, I can tell them this is this is it's a good thing we're right. at the end. We're, yeah. we're, all the know. plugs are sad and the skies are gray. But it's just like <laughs> now, now we're getting kind of wacky. But I guess we'll be back soon for a parade for the courts of connoisseur. That'll be good. Uh, so that'll be our next episode after this yeah, one. It should be. Okay. I'll, I'll so get, I'll, I'll talk to him and we'll figure it out. So unless that changes, we'll 
people can look forward to our Michael Paré episode. Sounds Um, good. All right. Well, thanks for listening and uh, bye-bye. All right. We'll be back soon. Bye.
can you find another Rick Rockwell 